Joshua walks. Walks in. Oh, you couldn't have written a better ending. Uh, Canada is up to nothing. They give up two quick goals to the Czechs. You're thinking, oh, no, this is this is not going to work out. And then it does. At 6.44, the first overtime period, Dylan Gunther of the Arizona Coyotes um, scores that that winner on a two-on-one uh, to win the game. Three to two. Another gold medal, our 20th. 20th. I think there's only been 28 tournaments. 20th. Back-to-back. Canada's back. It's always great. It capped off really what was a wildly successful World Juniors in Halifax and Moncton. The crowds were great. The hockey was even better. And don't forget, this all started under a bit of a cloud, under a real big cloud. All the scandals that had embroiled Hockey Canada and junior hockey over the past little while. Sponsors leaving and so forth. Um, It'd be interesting to see what the impact of the success of this tournament has on that because as you know, if you've just watched the World Cup, for instance, as often happens, uh, there was a lot of talk about human rights and so on in Qatar. And then all of a sudden the game started, the World Cup started, the, the sport started, and we stopped talking about it. I don't get the impression Hockey Canada is going to get off that easily. There's a lot still to come here. But uh, there is a new board in place at Hockey Canada. The old one resigned, as you know, back uh, about a month and a bit ago. Um, and they just put on a really good show. In Halifax. So, what does that all mean uh, to junior hockey and Hockey Canada? Joining me now with more on that is Ben Steiner. He's a sports journalist with uh, Daily Hive in Toronto. Ben, what a night! I imagine you were. I know you were watching the game. Wow, they didn't. It didn't have to be that tough. It didn't have to be that tough. It didn't have to be that tough at all for Canada. And thanks so much for for having me on tonight to chat about this game because that was an iconic World Juniors gold medal game and. I had a sneaky feeling that when Canada was up to nothing, that maybe, just maybe it wouldn't last. The team was dominating, but there's always that bit of doubt. Of course, Czechia beat Canada in the first game of the tournament, and Canada had never won a World Junior Championship after losing the first game of the tournament. So I had a sneaky feeling that it might get a little bit timid at the end, and that sneaky feeling turned out to be true, and it created a pretty memorable moment for Canadian hockey fans. It did, and they did the same thing against Slovakia in the last in the semifinals. They they gave up kind of some some strange goals when they really should have won the game. Uh, it was a weird tournament for this team because you always thought they looked fantastic, but there was always a bit of doubt with this team. An exceptionally talented team on paper, of course, headlined by former exceptional status players Shane Wright and current ex- exceptional status player Connor Bedard and Bedard did not disappoint. It was Bedard's tournament, and we haven't seen anything like it before. He smashed basically every World Junior record there is to, and he was there once again in the game today. Sure, he had a little bit more defensive attention on him. Czechia did a very good job to make sure that he didn't have the same sort of impact like he did against Slovakia, like he did against the United States, like he did throughout the tournament. But Conor Bedard, alongside Dylan Genther, of course, two goals for him, including the overtime winner. It's a talented team. But there was always maybe a bit of doubt with this team because it was so focused on Connor Bedard and was so maybe top-heavy with this team. So it, it wasn't the dominating Team Canada that we've seen in the past, but it was certainly a, a Team Canada that was strong. Canada's always going to be strong at this tournament. And in the, in the end, they proved that they were a good enough team to, to win this tournament. 
they certainly faced their difficulties throughout the tournament, but quite a good story for them to come away with the gold medal. But I also think it's an attribute to just where the world is going at the world junior level because teams like Slovakia, teams like the Czech Republic, they haven't always competed at that same level as the Canada's, the US's, the Sweden's, the Finland's, the Russia when when they're at the tournament or the Soviet Union in earlier editions of the tournament. So it's great to see these other smaller hockey nations having success. Of course, this being Czechia's best ever result since 2001 when they when they won the tournament. So it's certainly yeah. nice to see these tournament these teams having a lot of success. Um, and it certainly raises, raises the difficulty for Canada. Yeah, it's always a reminder of how time flies when uh, when someone mentioned tonight that not a single member, obviously not a single member of the Czechia team was alive when they when they did that when they won that uh, tournament back in two thousand and one. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of parody. I think that was what. Uh, and you know, when you look at the the crowd reaction, I mean, I think it was going to be a bit of a given that uh, the Maritimes would put on a really good show for this, that there would be a lot of support. Uh, those are, you know, they really are, despite not having any pro sports teams, or at least professional, top-notch professional sports teams, they are great sports towns. It really looked like a, a successful tournament on and off the ice, uh, from afar at least. I mean, I'm way out here in Victoria, but it looked like a really successful tournament this time around. I think it was, and I think it was sort of the perfect location for this tournament, especially after you had a very recent World Junior Tournament that didn't have great attendance numbers in the summer in Alberta. And then you have this tournament that comes soon after and Hockey Canada still in the middle of all of the issues that surround Hockey Canada and just the game in this country. And so I think that the smaller venues, the smaller towns, um, IHF President Luke Tardif didn't want to say small town, but they are smaller municipalities than the likes of Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton the major cities that have hosted the tournament in the past. So I do think it was the perfect location for this year's edition of the tournament, but there's no doubt that in future editions that Canada can fill out 20,000-person arenas for at least the Canada Games. But I think the special thing about this tournament was the other nations got that strong support, and shout-out to Halifax and Moncton for sending out a lot of fans for um, those smaller nations, including the relegation games between Austria and Latvia getting over 5,000 fans a game. That's great. I mean, I remember seeing um, one of the games in a more recent World Junior Championships here in Victoria. We, you know, this it's about a 5,000-seat stadium. That was packed, too, for Finland Sweden. And those were really good games. I mean, when you have the smaller rink, the atmosphere really charges up, right? I mean, I know the, when you have Canada playing in big cities and big arenas, you know, they'll always draw the crowds. But sometimes the smaller game, the, the nations that aren't quite as favored or don't have as big fan support, sometimes that falls a bit short when they play the tournaments in big nhl size rinks so it's nice to see uh fans pack out those rinks for the smaller teams because of you know it's kind of the whole spirit of it what do you think ben i mean going into this tournament there was a lot of talk about the scandals facing hockey canada obviously having a successful tournament was a was a given and this one has been successful what do you think happens now i mean it was it is a chance i guess for hockey canada to reset they have a new board of directors they're going to try and head in a different direction there's still a lot of issues out there but i guess a successful tournament was going to be key uh to trying to start this process of rehabilitation for the organization i think having a successful tournament was key but i also think that there was it was still very evident at this tournament that the sponsors aren't there we didn't see the same advertising both on the broadcast and noticeably on the the advertising boards along the ice they didn't use the digital ad boards that the right. NHL uses, and they had Maple Leafs and municipalities and tournament sponsors and just regular tournament advertisements 
on the the boards, and they didn't have those the, the Tim Hortons, the Bells that we're we're used to because the, those sponsors have pulled out. So it's going to take a while for Hockey Canada to get back to the point that it was. But I do believe that it is moving in the right direction. And I, IIHF President Luke Tardif said as such on the broadcast as well, the TSN's James Duffy, that there seems to be a positive movement with the new board, with the new president as well. Things can't get much worse, but there has to be a focus on safe sport and just treating hockey as what it is in this country and kind of taking a step back and reestablishing sort of the connection to hockey and hockey's culture. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a reminder, I think, watching those games, why we love the, why we love the junior tournament, right. And why it's such a, such an important part of sort of the holiday season in this country. And that uh, the fact that it had been tainted uh, was difficult. It was difficult. And I feel like a lot of people out there, whether they be, you know, big, big fans or not felt uh, that uh, this was kind of a, you know, this this was something that had to be dealt with. It was serious. It was a serious situation. It had to be dealt with, and it didn't matter how much we enjoyed the game. That there needed to be answers to some of these questions. It was, but it was fun to see, um, you know, a new generation out there enjoying winning and playing and so on. Tell me a bit about Connor Bedard because this is going to be. We're going to talk about this. You know, my I'm from Montreal. My dad's a diehard Habs fan, and he's. They're already thinking, wow, the team's looking terrible all of a sudden. What what about Connor Bedard? We're going to be talking about him a lot for the next little while. I get the impression. Well, don't forget his name because he's going to be pretty prominent in hockey over the next, I would even fathom to say, 25 years that he's going to be, I think, probably the best player in hockey, number one by basically everybody's scouting book. And he did this exceptional tournament at 17 years old. He's playing against 19-year-olds years, 19 year olds out there in the WHL with the Regina Pats. He's playing against 20-year-olds as well, and he's absolutely dominating. He's from... North Vancouver. He strived with the West Van Hockey Academy before entering the WHL as the first exceptional status player. So he was able to step into that league at 15 years old and he dominated in his rookie season as well. It was an abbreviated season with the Regina Pats, but 28 points in 15 games in his first season. And now he's just been exceptional. 28 games this season in Regina while well, he scored 64 points. We've not really wow. seen anything like it since maybe Connor McDavid. That goal he scored to win against uh, win the semifinals uh, game against the Slovaks was was just mind blowing. It was such a great goal. He's astounding to watch. It leaves you speechless when you see him just fake out defenders and find his way through. When you look and there's three guys in front of him, uh, most players aren't finding their way through that. But Connor Bedard seems to find a way whenever he's on the puck. And even though he was getting a lot of attention tonight defensively he adjusted and he was still able to thrive. But he was also very humble in his post-game interview. He said that this isn't about him, this is about the team. Yeah, I know he's got that part of his game down, Pat, already. They sort of don't say much in interviews. He says very, he says very little. Um, uh, this is a bit of a crystal ball question, but where, where should he wind up? I mean, this year, you know... Edmonton's had a lot of number one draft picks over the years. Toronto had a couple of uh, runs at the Montreal last year. Uh, where would be the best place for him to end up? You look at the sort of the, the teams at the bottom of the standings. There are some interesting options there. There are some less fortunate ones, if specifically if you're a Canadian hockey fan. I would say that uh, probably the best spot for him to end up would be the Chicago Blackhawks. They're completely tanking this season in terms of their performance in the NHL. They're aiming for that top spot 
They've still got a few years left with guys like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, and they're a prominent hockey market that is an attractive hockey market and will be able to market a player and move towards building a player like Connor Bedard up towards the Stanley Cup and towards hopefully uh, Olympic Games and World Championships uh, and World Cups of Hockey in the future as well, still wearing that that Canadian jersey. Um, So I would say Chicago probably the best spot for him, the worst spot being Arizona. Arizona playing in a college arena at the University of Arizona for the next little while, and I don't think that would be ideal for him. Yeah, I'd rather. No offense to uh, to the fine folks of Columbus either, but I, I don't think Connor Bedard should wind up there. I've, uh, we'll see where he goes. Listen, it's going to be one great um, draft. It's going to be really exciting to see who picks first. Uh, ben Steiner, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you very much for having me. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.